Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. And if you like business, maybe, yes, what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. And if you need to buy some flowers, that's business, baby. Well, 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 it's Will from the Artery Community Roasters. Hello. Hello, Joe. Hello. Uh, Will, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so my name is Will Wells. I am a uh, head roaster and the owner of the Artery Community Roasters. And we are a social enterprise here in Ottawa that roasts specialty coffee. And for some people, when I say specialty coffee, they think that means like French vanilla caramel flavor. Yeah, that's definitely not what we do. Uh, But just like very high end coffee focused on, um, while it's really quality driven, it's really more focused on the relationships with the farmer. Yeah. So that's one thing we do. And then also, all our employees have disabilities and we pay them a living wage. So our salaries are $19.60 an hour. That's where they start. Uh, We have five employees and uh, we hope to keep that growing. So, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Yeah. That's amazing. And then um, I always like to ask you, what were the steps that brought you to small business? Like I know some people grow up around small business or like I'm someone who always like imagining having a business. Like what were what was your journey? Yeah, for me, it's the same as you. It was like it was was a long dream I had. I mean, I'm a public servant. I always say I'm like a speechwriter by day and a coffee roaster by night. (laughs) And uh, so for forever, I was just kind of like, a public servant who would watch dragons then and have these illusions of grandeur and yeah. and really these illusions of grandeur were focused on a social enterprise that employed people with disabilities because yeah. in my uh, private time i also volunteer with uh, able to which is an organization in ottawa and i get paired people with disabilities and kind of become you know uh support friend uh mentor and yeah. also we uh i'm on the board there too so it was always kind of my my dream to find a way to employ a lot of my friends who always said they had a hard time finding meaningful employment yeah. Um, and, uh, kind of, I fused that love of coffee I had, which was kind of roasting coffee in my garage, uh, with this dream of opening a social enterprise. And it really came together super quick, uh, back in 2020, uh, when the kind of, in the early stages of the pandemic, yeah. I had a, uh, a friend of mine who, who was the executive director, Ian Fraser of, of Run Ottawa, who does the, the marathon in the city. Yeah. And they had this space in the back that really wasn't being used. And I kind of would tell everybody, everyone I, everyone I knew about this, like, dream I had of opening this roastery social enterprise and he said yeah. uh, why don't you just try it so within three months we were like up and running you know so it was oh my God. It, it kind of like came it wasn't like me kind yeah. of set 10 years ago being like this is gonna happen it was a dream that I kind of like yeah willed to fruition I guess I don't know but with a lot of like luck and and people looking out for us and a lot of privilege I feel like that's very much like the story of small business though it's like once it starts like hold on because it's happening for and I sure. think like I yeah. totally relate to that. I feel like when I opened my business, like the idea of opening my business and having like getting the funding and then opening my business was all like within like less than a year kind of like cycle. Yeah, it seems so surreal too. Yeah. Right? Like, all of a sudden you just have a business and you're like, whoa, okay. So this is happening, right? But it's yeah. that's how for us anyways. All of a sudden we had this idea, then three months later we had employees and a business. And, you know, here we are two years later from, you know, exactly about like two years and a month later. Yeah. And it's like, 
a real business and I kind of like pinch myself sometimes and, and, and be like you know like, I, I feel so it feels so surreal just to be like yeah. having this business that like people support and like yeah. people are into and like it's in stores and that's like to me is so incredible it's like what we set out to do yeah. obviously but to actually see it like come you know it become real life is just really just awesome yeah yeah I feel like they should trademark the idea of a real business because it's yeah. like so hard to yeah. like think of yourself as like a real business. I, I that's something I think about all the time where I'm like, am I still just a kid inside of a shop selling cookies or is this legit yet? Totally, um, yeah. yeah and, it, and I think we all have that imposter yeah. syndrome. Like I think anyone who like really wants to be like successful or like genuine or like really good at what they do yeah. is going to have a sense of like, being an imposter like you just kind of stumbled into yeah. it and I've always been someone who believes in like fake it till you make it and if you really like <laughs> love something like just do it you know like don't oh I always yeah, hear people yeah. like saying like oh like like oh yeah, I, I would love to do that but it's just like scary or I'm not yeah. ready for it. I don't have the experience but it's like yeah. just do it like just try it that's what I'm yeah saying. I really relate to that like fake it till you make it I feel like sometimes it doesn't work but I definitely think in small business there's such like this weird hierarchy of like who is the best roaster who is the right. best chef who is the best business person even sometimes like when I'm just going to talk business with a small business and I think it's like a casual loose situation I can tell the other business owner is like getting almost like competitive in their business totally, knowledge yeah. with me and right. then I'll be like Ay! and yeah. it's so weird because it's like but I'm actually like a valid business person I just don't speak that way or I don't have that skill set like that kind right. of way of thinking um so that fake it to you make it thing I think I learned the hard way when I opened my business especially being like so young I think I just thought everyone was fully professional and knew everything right and, and then I mean, the you longer learn by failing you yeah. have to learn by failing like even yeah. now, like, you know, you've been open business for so long, you must still make you looking back, like making looking back a at the early days, you're like, yeah. what were we thinking? And mm -hmm. even looking back a week ago and being like, that was not a wise decision. Like, no. you're just gonna make mistakes <laughs> all the time. And like, I looked back two years ago, when we first opened, and we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. You know, like we were flying by the seat of our pants. But uh, and even now, I know two years from from this point today, I'll look back and be like, what was I thinking that holiday yeah. rush or what decision, you know, yeah. all the you just second guess yourself. And that's just part of like businessing, right? Like you don't have all the answers unless you've like, you know, worked somewhere for like 20 years, like kind of soaking up everything and then just kind of copying that, that, yeah. that model, which I guess, you know, kind of like in the chef world where you kind of like stash somewhere or whatever. Yeah. But if you're just opening up a business for the first time, like you are not going to know what you're doing and that's okay. You know? Yeah, and I think, like, even if you're 20 years experienced, you wouldn't have been prepared for, like, what the business community just went through. You totally. know what I mean? Like, I oh, think yeah, we can say as much as, like, oh, you know, like, you can never learn everything. But I think the last, like, three years really puts that in perspective because the business model for small business is so, like, probably forever changed, but for definitely, sure. like, really changed since, like, COVID yeah. and you know, everything like the fallout of humanity after that. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, the landscape is, is vastly changing. And it's funny, like, I mean, not funny, but for us, it's actually, you know, it helped us in those early stages because people were stopping to go to coffee shops because they weren't at work anymore. And they were yeah. looking to kind of recreate that coffee shop experience at home. And you need great coffee to do that. Um, so like that helped us, whereas 
high-end restaurants and that kind of stuff you see yeah. that kind of shift happening where high-end restaurants are closing across the board and that yeah. model is starting to shift so yeah so I mean it really is a, a weird time and for us it kind of like worked to our advantage at the time and like obviously yeah. we still had to endure a lot of hardships and, and up and downs and we still are but uh yeah it's just small business is weird and and you yeah. don't really know what to expect you know it's hard to predict what what's coming around the corner and I think that's what makes it like both exciting and terrifying is just kind of the unknown of what what's around the corner is it like the all the things you've dreamed of coming to you know coming to fruition (laughs) or is it just like your door's closing you never know right like it's like probably like something bad (laughs) right yeah right (laughs) you hope for the other but yeah yeah I know I have this like I have this mentality that I always have to kind of I catch myself the it's like the big break mentality where I'm always like and then if this weekend is busy, we'll finally do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think oh, sometimes totally. yeah. this idea is so good that we're going to be able to successfully be in business forever. And I think it's so hard to learn time and time and again. Like there's not one idea. There's not one, you know, project or event that's going to get you like stable as a business owner. Totally. or get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, 100%. It's a roller coaster. Like I mean, especially really like is. you have the holiday rush and you're like, oh, if these sales continue, we're like, <laughs> we're going to be all right. And then like a week after Christmas, it's just I like know. nothing, right? So I it's, know. Like, it's that roller coaster. And and I think it's like, you know, to, to be the best like self business person you can be is to like always second guess yourself and yeah. to always kind of like live on those highs and lows, yeah. I guess. You have to like, you have to be prepared for that. Like it, it, those lows can be hard, right? Like when, yeah. when you're like, when you're having a tough time, you're like, if this continues, this is not good for business. Those moments are scary, right? And they yeah, happen. Yeah. Then you kind of have those moments where everything's going great and and your sales are ballooning at like a you know yeah. a cliff you weren't ballooning the year before. Those moments are the highs. And I think it's like playing golf, which is probably like a bad example for a lot of people who don't really play golf <laughs> anymore. But it's it's kind of like one of those things where ninety percent of the time you're not gonna have a good shot, but then that one great shot you're gonna have is gonna yeah. like be the reason you keep doing it. Yeah. Right. And same in small business. It's like those holiday rushes and those amazing markets and yeah. those amazing connections with customers are what are gonna keep you kind of doing putting yourself through all the other horrible things that come with small business. It's true. So, and all yeah. like all you can do, like I think comparing it to the holiday rush is so smart. Like the best thing you can do is like learn from that good time and then the next time a holiday comes be even more ready you know what I mean I think that's like the because sometimes it's hard to you know fill in the gaps between like holidays or events or you know like whatever monthly celebration brings in sales but it's hard to fill the gap between but I think what we do learn is we learn to get even more prepared next time there is like that opportunity um right and I you know like it's not sustainable to live in without consistency but I think as a small business owner, I think that's like what we chose. Yeah. And, and you know what's, what's so like the blessing and the curse though of like, we talk about how great the holiday rush is now. Yeah. Like after it's done. Oh. In, the moment, in the moment, even though it's like great for, for the bottom line. Oh my it's God. horrible, right? Like if some yeah. people don't see, like obviously like we love the support from their customers, yeah. but like yeah. sometimes like you're at the moment, like the sales are coming in and you're like, Deep down, you're like, this is great. But then you're also like, oh, my God, I just want to go home, right? Like, or it's like when the online sales come in, so the money comes, but you haven't right. done the work yet. Exactly. And then you the, have to get, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. And like, and like, you know, my staff always gets so annoyed with me because I come up with like these harebrained ideas to do like, 
you know, 12 days of brumis and I do like these elaborate like <laughs> tastings and all that kind of stuff. And like Ooh, those things yeah. don't really make us money because of how much time it takes to put yeah. it all together. Right. So it's like as fun as like it is and it's fun for the customers. Like my staff is like, oh, my God, we're already so busy. And now we're like putting together these little ideas. Yeah. As well, right. So like it's always like that double a double edged sword. Like, don't get me wrong. I want people to keep buying from us all yeah. holiday run. Oh, but like, yeah. But, but it is hard though. You're tired. Like, like, but that first week of like January, like I'm just kind of like coming up for air now. Like that yeah. first week of January, Same. I was so beat, you know. Today's my but... Today was my first day back at work. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, th I, I think I was physically at work like nine hours, came home, kept going through emails, whatever. And then I knew I was recording with you and I consider, you know, the podcast work because it is a work sure podcast is, yeah and it's funny because it was like my first day back and I, it, like I feel like I on and off spent all day like just trying to catch up from being off for like you know what I mean like for just right, like, yeah. know, a week off you know what I yeah. mean and like and we're not looking for sympathy like for all the listeners no. out there that are like yeah. oh these poor like we're not looking for your sympathy like we know we like have done this to ourselves and it's like own decisions 100 <laughs> percent but it's also just like it's hard, you know, and sometimes you're it's just hard, like, yeah. and especially when like some customers giving you gruff over some silly little thing and you're just yeah. like, oh, I'm so tired right now. Like, I don't need this. But for the most part, yeah. customers are amazing. But there is times where you're just like, the customer is not always right. And I think that's I, like, even just that mentality, I think is really important. Like, I really um, thrive uh, in the idea that you can just block anyone at any point. Right, yeah, and I right. feel like I have a pretty like quick, um, almost like a knee-jerk reaction of like anytime someone's rude or whatever. If it's not a valid concern, like if it's just being rude, like I'll block them. Right, um, right. It's so interesting to me that people don't know that that will happen. <laughs> right, yeah. I've turned like, I've turned those situations into like the best situations. Like I remember one time, a customer was upset about some shipping issue and uh you know like i i sorted it out like as kind as i could and yeah. in the end like it wasn't really our fault and he felt bad that he kind of came at us and like now he's one of our best customers right so like there is you know so there's those times where you have to like kill them with kindness and just swallow yeah. and people have bad days like i think yeah. everyone can think back to a time where you've like emailed some customer service you know some faceless yeah. person somewhere you know and like you've been so rude in that email and then you look back and you're like why did I have to like do that and I used to work at inbound yeah. calls like I've been on the the receiving end of that yeah. so sometimes it's just like people are having a bad day and I think like with small business you have to just kind of like swallow it sometimes which is hard you know but fully something and that's not even like the people I block are not even those people they're like no worse. yeah they're but cool. like that's yeah. fully something like something that happens to me if someone has a complaint they'll come in really hot and right. then I meet them at like a pretty like oh no worries like if you're not happy we can do a refund yeah. just let us know and then they're so taken back by getting good customer service right, that they've right. realized they've come in like 20 notches too yeah high. yeah and then and then and, and then they'll be good customers after because they feel yes, bad right? like yeah for yeah. sure you know? yeah that's so i feel like that's such an awkward but like real thing that happens where you're like oh i'm not walmart like you don't have to fight me right if right, you don't right. like something or if you want to change something like i will hear you but that's you know a good what point I mean? though they people have been conditioned like a part there's always yes. going to be like the people that are just never happy you know like like yes. like like, I feel bad for anyone who serves my mom at a restaurant. But anyways, so, <laughs> there's just, there just some people that are oh, never going to be happy, right? Yeah. God. She's not going to listen to this. What you just said, it's so real because there's, uh, I don't want to call anyone out, but sometimes 
adults will come in with their like teenager kids right. and they'll give us attitude. And then you can see that their kids are trying to like uh, be like overly nice to like, oh, yeah. compensate. That, that kid's going to tip like 35% for the rest of their life, you know, like, <laughs> to, like, like compensate for the fact 100%. that their parents. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, you don't, you missed the kind of like that generational divide of like, service workers are like super valuable right yeah and, they're, they're and we not respect- they're not really there to serve you they're yeah. just there to serve food and, and drink you know like yeah like i think that's just the difference in any you know, generational i'm not to say that all generations like that but yeah for me like i i understand that like some people are gonna have a bad day but then like there's a way of like kind of connecting with those people and yeah. turning the, their day around but then there's also some people that are just never gonna be happy and like yeah. like you said you can block someone it's a small business like we don't need every single it's, person. You know, and that's like, so funny. Some like there's been a few times where I've like blocked someone because it's very toxic or they're specifically coming for an employee or something, in my opinion, that's really inappropriate. Yeah. And there's been times where the person has like created a fake account to continue the conversation. And then mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, this is such a weird boundary thing now. Like <laughs> And also just so much effort. Like, it's how much so effort are much. you putting into this? Also, like, just send me an email. Like, why are you DMing yeah, me? Right. Like, yeah, I don't understand. I but, can't, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. That's what also, social media kind of sucks too, right? Like, yeah. like that, that's the problem with small business. Like, I know it's necessarily evil and we need it. But then it's also like opening yeah. yourself up to this other world that like generally yeah. would not be coming into your shop or would not be kind yeah. of face-to-face with you, right? So I think that's another like thing about, small business or at least the people don't realize about small businesses we're not like social media managers but like I yeah. spend I don't yeah. know about you but I spend so much of my day on Instagram and and, yeah. and doing that kind of stuff and I don't really know I know it's important and I know we get a lot of sales through yeah. it but I don't really know if we get as many sales if I was using that time more wisely to get like more wholesale clients yeah. or you know to improve the website or all that kind yeah. of stuff that I could be doing versus like me and, and my my friend and 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 uh, colleague Jim like running through the woods trying to get like product pics. Like, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> like some days I'm like we've been outside for two hours taking pictures. Like, and is gonna, it worth it? We're gonna do one <laughs> post with this picture and it's gonna get 14 likes. You know, oh, like uh, we have fun doing it. But it's one of those things sometimes where you're like, yeah, man, this is like another a whole other job. Like there's people like influencers or whatever there's people who get paid that's like their whole whole stick you know it's like yeah yeah, you know like for us though it's just like oh it's just one more thing and I like it like there's still moments of it that we like but it's a lot you know it's one of those things where sometimes people are like oh you haven't been posting a lot I'm like I know we're like busy making things like I also have nothing to say like sometimes you want you want to post and you want to be like everything is still good still right. spend your money here right, right, i don't right. have anything new like yeah. Like yeah 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 oh it's rough um yeah. i wanted to ask you before you opened your um space like had you worked in coffee before like what about coffee drew you in yeah for sure so i mean when i was in college i was a barista and i worked at this at morala this kind of like a coffee place in yeah. town so i was definitely like in, in into coffee and I wasn't necessarily into like the coffees that I'm into now but I was generally like considered myself a coffee lover yeah. and then um I was working uh during H1 or H, during H1N1 uh back in the day I was working at the Public Health Agency of Canada and um I had to like work really late I was working till like 12 2 a.m but okay. I would take the same cab home every night and that yeah. cab driver was from Ethiopia and we really hit it off so I'd always kind of make sure it was him driving me home 
and we both loved coffee and he would like bring me coffee and I would say this coffee is so great like how are you doing this he's like, I'm just roasting it at home so he would kind of tell me how he was doing oh my it God, cool. so just kind of made the switch just so I was like starting off in like frying pan and uh, then worked my way up and had like a little roast in my garage oh my was, god so one of those things right and I was roasting a lot for like charity events just like doing my own little fun roast and they were always really selling well so yeah. before I always wanted to do a social enterprise where I had high people with disabilities to be baristas and do a coffee shop that yeah. was like I don't want to do that. Like being a barista is so hard. Like I used to hate it when I was yeah. doing it. Like I don't want to put others through it. No offense. It's, it's just a tough job, you know? <laughs> um, so I was like, I'd rather just open up a roastery. So like yeah. once I made that connection and I saw people were like into my coffee, I was like, I can do this, you know? So yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't think I could actually do it, but <laughs> again, I, I impossible, try to do it. syndrome. Yeah, I'll take it until I make it, and uh, and here we are, right? So, oh yeah, God. so I, I always had like a love of of coffee, and like uh, I am like obsessed with coffee. So as much as I yeah. love the social enterprise, it's not yeah. just about this. I also full, you know, full acknowledge that like I just am such a coffee nerd, and I love the fact that I can like roast coffee and drink coffee and yeah. buy coffee gear and teach people how to like brew coffee, like all these things that are so trivial and, 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 yeah. and just like pouring yeah. hot water over ground coffee is just so ridiculous. But like, I yeah. love it. You know, like, I know I totally like, I'm, I totally get it. Cause I'm like, really, I'm not fancy. I'll drink anything, but I'm just like obsessed with the idea of like the community and connection that coffee has that any person can make coffee in their house. And there's like all these ways to make, I think anything with like kitchen and food and like all these different like traditions and methods of preparing is something that's very interesting to me. And I think the idea of like, there's, there's so much ways to make coffee and there's so many, like, like people are so passionate about like their time making their coffee, having their moment drinking their first cup of the day like it's it's literally like sacred to people you and know like, what I mean and, and like it's just like it the coffee is also just incredibly global like it connects yeah. us especially like yeah. if you're drinking like ethical coffee like ours that's traceable so you actually yeah. know like you can follow that bean all the way to who grew it right and how yeah. they grew it and to the the 0.35 hectares of land they grew it on like our coffee will tell you that whole story yeah and you're really like it's such a wild thing to be like I'm drinking something that had to be handpicked off yeah. a tree uh, in a, in processed for like 60 days, like so meticulously processed at origin and then shipped here in such an intricate, you know, maze of logistics to get to that morning cup. Like it really yeah. is such a connected yeah. cup, you know, like it's funny, like I'll be at the, I'll be at the roastery uh, or at home and I'll like drop some, some beans on the floor. And to me, like, I just like, Every time I do that, like, and we drop so many, like, it's just, it's I'm, I'm such a klutz. Like, it's, like, it happens all the time. And don't worry, we don't, we don't pick them up and put them back in the, the bags. But it's raining whenever beans. I drop, yeah, whenever I drop them, I just imagine, like, that one bean, like, literally had to be handpicked. Like, this whole coffee, journey. You know, that whole journey, I just wasted it. I just do it on the ground, right? So, like, like, the coffee you buy at the grocery store, that's been, like, machine cultivated. Yeah. It's not the same, right? Like, but with our coffee, like, there's so much labor that goes into it. Yeah. Um, which is why our coffee is more expensive because they're being more properly paid for that labor. And, and yeah. even though like our, our farm gate prices, so the prices we pay the farmers are exponentially higher than like most other, you know, uh, yeah. roasters, especially large roasters in, in Canada. But even then 
it's still not enough. Like we should yeah. still be paying more for coffee. We should still from us, from the roasters down to the consumer, right? Like yeah. the true like toll that it takes to grow coffee is so hard. And every year it gets harder. And like a lot of the farmers we're working with, every farmer we're working, sorry, it's just like a small holder farmer. So it's yeah. like a fourth generation farmer with like a hectare of land or sometimes maybe seven hectares, you know, it depends and, and varies, but it's all just family run farms. Right. Yeah. So like, just think about like how much work that goes into getting the capital to do that, especially now like farming is so hard in terms of the climate change impacts yeah. and all that stuff. So all that to say, like, even though like some people look at our coffee and go, man, that's so expensive. Like it's actually not expensive enough to truly compensate yeah. the people that are doing all the work for it. Right. Like I how feel bad much? that yeah. we get a profit off their work. Like obviously we, we work hard, but we don't work hard like they do, yeah. you know, like we're not on the side of a cliff handpicking coffee so I guess <laughs> it's, so it's like there's a certain guilt there too where it's like that's yeah. what we want to pay more and like and we really believe in like I said high farm gate prices and we, we take part in these like uh, microfinance programs with each farmer we work with so like throughout the year outside of the crop cycle yeah. we'll send them money so that they can invest in themselves and invest in their farm and invest that's in really their growers cool. yeah that there's money because if not they're just dependent on that one time that the money's coming yeah. in during the crop yeah. right and that can be really hit or miss if you don't have your like for us we've already pre-bought the coffee no matter what happens if the, yeah. if the crop is off or whatever but some other people if if if, if they have an agreement with someone then the person says that coffee's not really what i thought it would be they're screwed and then they, they haven't sold their coffee so there's a whole intricate yeah. chain that goes into that morning cup just to say yeah. you know it's 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 there's a whole journey that's why i love about coffee and the taste too but yeah and yeah that makes me feel something um I remember many years ago I think I was like 19 or 20 I worked at Starbucks and I was I, I worked at all the coffee shops also right. Starbucks um Second Cup Timothy's Rich Head I worked at everything right 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 <laughs> I've been around coffee right. um but I remember when I started at Starbucks I was getting a tour and they said to me we have such a big buying power that we're able to go somewhere and buy all the crops and no one can compete with us. So that means in a region, all the coffee grown is Starbucks coffee. <laughs> and they were saying it to me like it was like, isn't that cool? Right. <laughs> right. We strong armed them into cheap prices. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, yeah, that is cool. And then just right. in my head being like, I gotta get out of here. Like, yeah. Like, well, that's, you know, I always tell people like, ask, like you have a right to ask where you're getting your coffee from. Like, Hey, where's this, coffee from and like if they just tell you a country that's not really single origin to me like it's funny like yeah. you hear the term single origin a lot uh, um, yeah. it's kind of like, kind of like you hear the term like free range like it's or, or like fair, fair trade, trade. Yeah. it's just such a <laughs> huge uh, umbrella that just captures anything yeah. and everything nowadays so it's like when you hear single origin if someone says single origin Colombia like that's an entire country like yeah. vast different growing regions and different varieties of coffee within that region like with us like when, when we tell you like this is a single estate coffee. That means it's from one farm. And we can tell yeah. you like what kind of variety it is, yeah. uh, what kind of elevation, all that kind of stuff. So I think that, you know, if you're really into kind of understanding more about your coffee, go to your, wherever you're, you're getting your coffee. I and mean, obviously not if it's like Timmy's, <laughs> you have no idea, but, <laughs> but, but they even ask them, right? Like, is where's the coffee state from? Coffee? Yeah, yeah, where's the single estate <laughs> coffee from? What's, yeah, uh, like, it's actually medium roast. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor. Veg Ottawa Association. Veg Ottawa is a registered non-for-profit corporation and membership-based organization. Veg 
Ottawa Association is dedicated to supporting people interested in a plant-based lifestyle. Ever heard of vegans? But what does Veg Ottawa do? Well, they offer a buttload of events including potlucks, picnics, barbecues, documentaries, guest speakers, you name it. They also provide access to credible resources and peer support related to plant-based lifestyle. We work to make a plant-based lifestyle even more accessible and convenient by working with local and like-minded businesses. Hey, Ray, have you ever heard of veganism? Never in my entire life. Well, now's the time. That's so interesting (laughs) that you've never heard of that working at Little Joe's. Um, (laughs) Seriously, though, Ray, what are, uh, speaking of veganism, what are some of your favorite vegan spots? Some of my vegan (laughs) favorite... What are some of your favorite vegan spots in the city? Go. Go. Well, some places I like in Ottawa are Yugi Rolls, obviously. Chickpeas, actually very delicious. Oh, go. I mean, of course, Way's Noodle House. Listen. Listen. Way's Noodle House is all that's ever mattered. (laughs) Uh, Interestingly enough, any advertisement we do will become an advertisement for ways new to us anyways visit veg ottawa now and find out how a membership can work for you or access some of their free resources and learn more about local businesses offering vegan options now back to the episode i feel like my experience in like the coffee industry is it's like pretty like ego driven and pretty like bro culture and I think I think of that more like like the roasters and like who is like controlling the coffee scene in Ottawa and I think um I think that's like a real thing to say 100 (laughs) percent says like the white cisgendered male but yeah um it's such a like I was a bit of an outsider when I came back into the coffee world because it'd been a while so like I didn't really know anyone uh, like who was running businesses and, and, and you've hit it on the, you know, the nail on the head, especially yeah. if you look at like Montreal and Toronto, like yes. it definitely is a very gatekeeper-y, very bro-y, very yeah. ego-driven culture behind who's running coffee businesses. Uh, and, and I think that's why, you know, I saw an opportunity to run a more ethical uh, yeah. approach yeah. to business. Because some of those businesses are, you know, definitely doing the work in terms of uh, traceability and kind yeah. of supporting farmers. But then they're also like doing a lot of TikToks with their broy vibes on it, right? So it's one of those things where it's kind of like a very kind of duality of, of roaster man, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it. So, no, I know, I know. Yeah, there's definitely a gatekeeper vibe. You yeah. Know, specialty coffee world is super weird. I like yeah. it's that like from from like the the influencers, there's like a very influencer vibe and their followers. Like it's like a very kind of strange world once you start diving into it. Yeah. And again, as we mentioned before, it's literally just pouring hot water over ground. Well, coffee. that's that's the thing. Like I I read this article that was about like traditionally feminized labor becoming um trendy and exclusive and like run by men is like a very real thing and I think when we think in positions of like kitchens and preparing food like historically that is like feminized labor right being a cook or a chef or a baker or just preparing food like traditionally that is feminized labor and I think there's like almost like this toxic twist that sometimes when those kind of like weird 
I don't want to say this and be complicated, but it's like when men take these roles and make them like exclusive or ableist or no representation, whatever it is, and then they become the authority on a thing that was like well, especially for coffee, which yeah. is like this like colonized, you know, it's like something that's just rooted in just colonialism. I yeah. mean, it's stolen yeah. from Africa. You know, like yeah. the reason we have coffee anywhere outside of Africa is just because of colonization. Yeah. And now to this day, the people who most profit off coffee are white men, right? So that's, that's still like alive and real. And like TikTok bros. Yeah. yeah. And again, says a white man. So like, I'm fully aware of that. And like, just to be yeah. clear, like I don't take a salary from this. Like I reinvest everything into yeah. my staff and my business. Yeah. I have a good job that, that yeah. pays me well. So for me, like, I don't want to say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm away from it, but I'm very aware that I'm just another, yeah. you know, white man who's running another coffee roast for just trying to do it differently uh, and, and kind of aware and acknowledging of, the, you know, the, the reality of, of what is becoming of this coffee industry, yeah. where, again, it's mostly people profiting off the labor of people at origin, right? People who are yeah. actually doing the work. So I think in coffee, it's even worse when you have not just people here locally controlling the scene yeah. but also profiting off the labor of people and profiting especially when most roasters are, are not paying kind of like ethical coffee yeah. prices like a yeah. lot of roasters who say they're specialty coffee roasters and again I'm not going to name names you can just ask questions of where you're buying coffee <laughs> will say that they have specialty coffee and direct trade coffee yeah they're buying coffee through intermediaries they do not know the farmers they're buying from yeah they are paying you know, really cheap prices that aren't really commensurate with, you know, anything that's in terms of a, a fair wage for, for farmers. Yeah. So like there's all that too, where there's that really kind of like is the huge problem in the coffee world where yeah. they're not even doing the work to kind of like repair all the colonial aspects to coffee. Yeah. So at least with us, like we're trying knowledge that like that exists and we need to kind of like yeah. be part of that change. And it's, it's slowly happening. Like, uh, the coffee world, like any industry, is, is is slowly changing. But you know, you hit it on the head. It's a slow, a slow change, and it's still a very real problem. Especially when I first opened my business, and I was like trying to source roasters and figure out like where we would get coffee from, and like I had a pretty big background in working in coffee, and so did Bray, who works out front. Like right. that's all we've ever done. Like since we were right. eighteen, we've made lattes. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's right. Right. that's our whole. Um, experience in history when I was like kind of going through roasters in the beginning when I like right now I work with you folks a lot and with Azaria a lot and when I was first trying to like figure out who I could build a good relationship with a lot of times I'd like work with roasters and they would just like trash on other local businesses to me yeah, yeah, as a new yeah. client right. and I was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> i already know who you're talking about but uh <laughs> I, can, I can just piece it together in my mind but yeah, i totally get what you're saying and like i think that's why we're like well positioned in that because a lot of people want to come support us because of our mission of, yeah. of being you know and, like yeah, ethical. And, yes so we're and, approachable right yeah. so like so like that way you can introduce yourself to new coffee too and but. this is something i want to loop back to you like sure. I, cause I had questions written for you, but we are not getting to any of them. I've accepted that. <laughs> but one of the things I was going to say is like, I think people are interested in your brand and drawn to your brand. Like you were just saying, because it is about coffee, but it's not just about coffee. And yeah. I think that kind of like messaging and education around like brands is really important. Like I feel like we're a vegan bakery, but I would never describe myself as like a vegan bakery to someone. Like right. there's so many tiers of like importance and community and, and, you know, like 
other things happening for me outside of the fact that I'm vegan. And I think your brand is similar in the way that it's like, yes, coffee is important, but we're not just here to talk about coffee. Um, So yeah, Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about that for 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 you folks. Yeah, like I look at business like yours and like, I don't know if you would call yourself social enterprise, but you do things that are socially driven for the community. And like that to me is like, how any business should run yeah. like, like any yeah. business should be paying living wage and any business should be trying yeah. to support community events and supporting community endeavors and, and organizations so it's like I always think it's funny when people say like oh what's the difference between like you and a regular business and I'm like I don't know like there shouldn't be one like I shouldn't have yeah. to disclose that we're a social enterprise it should just be the norm that businesses want to be socially minded businesses right so yeah. I always say like for our business like I want to create something that was like when I was a kid, I would sell these like really crappy chocolate bars for my baseball team, right? So for yes. Or for your bowling team or right, for your soccer team. Is, right? Yeah, so, like, I know so, like, exactly what you're talking about. Buy yeah. chocolate bar one time to help because they were your neighbor and they were nice, but they would never buy a second bar because they were disgusting, right? They yeah. were just like really gross chocolate bars. So like for me, I'm like, I wanted a business that would attract people because they want to support us. But once they actually try the product too, they're like, oh my God, that's the best coffee I've ever had, right? So for me, it's like, we're we're, we're a very approachable brand because of people want to support us because we're actually trying to do good things. But then on the flip side of that, we're trying to back up those ethics with a really high quality product too that maybe people haven't been uh, subjected to before subjected to what a funny term to use. So <laughs> they've so, never yeah, been subjected like, to my products like, before <laughs> like, all of a sudden they're like wow that's really like interesting coffee right so they've yeah. had that experience only because they want to support a good business not because they were seeking to change their their coffee habits but yeah. now maybe they are going to start changing their coffee habits and we do have a really high uh, customer retention rate so yeah. clearly like people are trying it and and liking it and sticking around right so i was talking about that recently like the 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 quality like it's so funny I always say like the quality of the baked goods is like the last thing on my mind when people come to the shop like I want them to feel safe in the space I want them to have a good relationship with food I want them to feel not judged if they're you know part of the 2s lgbtqia community I want them to know right away like it's gay here you're you're safe like there's so many tears that I think about with my connection with community and customers before I think of like it, are Twinkies good? You know what right, I mean? Right, like there's yeah. like so many. And I think I relate to you being like, it's just a perk that the product is also really good. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. And I totally relate to it. And I think, you know, that is what it takes to stay. I think it's hard. Cause I think that's what it takes to stay invested and passionate about your business at the same time, I think that's something that's like almost so personal that it, it's like hurts you in business. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's such a great point because like so many like, uh, like people that are maybe more financially driven than me will be like, yeah. you know, yes. take an interest in my business and, and their friends and stuff and, and they've done well in their fields and they'll say like, okay, here's what you need to do is you need to get like cheaper coffee, go into <laughs> grocery stores, expand nationally, you know? So it's like, so yeah. count- and, and like inside I'm yep. just like, recoiling but it's funny my other you know and I told my buddy like oh I couldn't take that like I couldn't sell out for the quality and he like was like but what if it meant hiring more people with disabilities and it's such like a great point and it caught caught me off guard too because it's like yeah like ultimately my mission is to hire as many people as I can with disabilities at a worthwhile and like you know a living wage and eventually I want to get to the point where it's like full pension like I want to have real employment I know I know it's like at, at what cost right like 
if, if it means like maybe taking some dips in quality to expand your brand if you're an ethical brand but it's like it's hard to do that because it's like I love the coffee too and I don't yeah. want to to take that dip especially if it ever would impact yeah. ethics behind the, the, the sourcing never but it's one of those things where you really have to sometimes like balance like yeah like you said like it'll hurt you sometimes if you're too driven on quality like the biggest the biggest businesses in the world don't care about their no. quality right so like and they are definitely we- aren't thinking like and I'm I'm similar to you like I always think like I would love to create more job opportunities for like trans and non-binary people I right. would like to like I, that's something I'm really driven by and I think about that all the time and sometimes like if I like I'm non-binary but if no one else is working for me who's like trans or non-binary sometimes I think like I don't have anyone on my team right now from right. that community. Like I'm not right. creating those job opportunities. Like I want to be, and I definitely think about that a lot. And I definitely think about how I wish, like sometimes I'm like, I wish I could have a second location so I could like create more employment opportunities. Yeah. And it's yeah. not really like, I wish I could have a second location so I could have money. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's Which is so funny because the, the businesses that are, are doing well yeah. are the ones that are like, not concerned about the employees yeah. that are just concerned about the expansion right or at yeah. least that we're doing well before the pandemic i think that that yeah. philosophy that that karmic karma kind of caught up with them in that sense yeah. but like yeah i think about a lot of local businesses especially coffee businesses that name yeah. names that were kind of like hell-bent on expansion and opening up as many shops as they would where, where they had high turnover low yeah. wages yeah kind of like unsupportive working environments and it's yeah. like at what cost you know like if you're gonna open up a location and like 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 you like we're desperate to open up uh, a brick and mortar like a new yeah. location because right now we're just kind of in a production facility yeah. so that we can have people at cashier jobs and retail jobs yeah. and kind of yeah. having more people but it has to be for the right reasons and if it's just kind of like for the sake of expansion like a yeah. it's not good for your business but more importantly it's not good for your staff if you're really just yeah. kind of cutting corners just to kind of expand i think it's the kiss of death for a lot of businesses but it's also like the kiss of death for the ethics of a lot of businesses because sometimes yeah. that model you know unfortunately it works and like they keep expanding at the sake of like cheap labor right but yeah yeah i think that's important to remember because i often compare myself to other i mean i'm not just a coffee shop i'm like a thousand things but right. I often compare myself just say to another coffee shop or bakery that I know has multiple locations and I think like why can't I be successful like that right. like why I mean, don't I have savings or right, right. money you know what I mean? like I I can't help right. but do that you know right. like I think that's natural like 100%, yeah. I feel like we are still like we're still catching up from COVID I always say to people right. like we're still in a place where we're just trying to pay bills from like we got rid of all our sit-in. We've been three years asking people to mask, doing takeout. Like there's not really any other businesses that do masks. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, no, like you, you raise a really good point. And it's like, I mean, small businesses, like I always say, like everyone in the small business, especially if it's people like in your exact line of, of small business, mm-hmm. you're all frenemies. And I say that kind of like flippantly, like obviously like other jokes, but I, I have like, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, but exactly. even though you're all friends and you get together, it's all kind of like, there's always that subtle, like, elephant in the room where, like, someone's, like, talking about, like, a new wholesale contract. And like, oh, that's great, man. You know, yeah, but it's like, yeah. you're, down, you're like, oh, I, I was up for that wholesale. There's yeah. always that undercurrent of, like, weirdness in, in small business and competitiveness. Yeah. And, and or, like, to I others, think you know? exactly in that vein of, like, being, like, how did you get funding? That's something yeah. I always, like, right. that's yeah, something, like, totally. Cause I think a lot of times I talk with other business owners where I compare myself and they'll be like, it's not their money. And I'm like, no, but how, yeah. you know, like, yeah. 
how do you know rich people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you mean you were born to one? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh... All my friends are baristas. No one has yeah. money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it's so hard. And like, I think the best advice I always like tell myself is to like put the like, you know, just not just to look at what I'm doing and like try. And again, it's yeah. so hard when you're like competitive yeah. and you really just want the best for your employees and your business. Yeah. So you're obviously going to compare others what are doing and, and just to see. But you know, like the best thing you can do is just like focus on your own thing. And like, yeah. also like if you start looking at other people, like your own vision of what you want in your business may get clouded and, and yeah. may kind of start to take turns or you may dip in your ethics because you're trying to yeah. like copy someone else. So it's so important to like take stock of your competition, but also just to like, just do your own thing, you know, and like not really yeah. care so much of what others are doing. And just like, as long as you're like proud of what you're doing and like you believe in what you're doing, like that's ultimately the most important thing. And like, that's what I try to remind myself. And again, it's so hard because like we talked about imposter syndrome and you're like yeah. you're constantly just kind of like questioning every decision you make. And, oh man. Yeah. But it's one of those things where you like, you just have to believe that ultimately what you're doing is, is, is the right thing. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think that, that that's from any healthy business, like you, you have to do that. And if you're at the stage where you don't really kind of believe in what you're doing, it's probably time to, to close yeah. up the door. Yeah. Right? Or like literally step away and like, I always feel like um sometimes I kind of like give up on my business just where I'm like, I'm so sick of this. And then if I take some time away, even if it's like four days away, right. and I'm sure it's similar for you, like you come back so much more passionate. Well, it's, you, you have to have that fire. And like for yeah. you, it's like, especially been going so long, like you really yeah. need that fire. And I remember yeah. like talking to Josh over at Dominion City one time and, and he was, you know, cause I still have another job. And he was saying, you're going to get to a point where like, you have to make a decision about leaving that job and then kind of jumping yeah. in fully into, into your business because you don't want to lose that fire, right? Like yeah. you, you, you need to be able to like still have that drive. And like, obviously like burnout is real and, and is real. being tired is real. And like, yeah. you have to like, be aware of that and like I find you know it's so hard to just turn off that small business brain yeah. like you're just lying in bed thinking about stuff like it's, it's not like you know with my day job like I have a pretty good idea of like you know once I'm, I leave those virtual doors like yeah. I can kind of like put it away compartmentalize it and not yeah. think about it till nine o'clock the next day right whereas the small business brain like you can just never turn it you off can never so shut it off ever yeah, so to keep that fire yeah. going, like you really have to yeah. a love what you're doing but also like take care of yourself yeah. and like so yeah because like, like burnout but also me. like long-term burnout yeah. and I think that's something like when we talk about like exhaustion and burnout people will be like you should take the weekend for yourself and I truly think like I just had a week off and I was like I rested the whole time and it was wonderful yeah I was still exhausted when I went back to work totally. and I think yeah. it's like important to like learn about you know learning to have a healthy relationship with work and how much you can give but also like if you're gonna give all the time like two days off is not gonna be enough yeah it's and like and like I think like you probably know this better than I do because as a new business I'm still trying to figure it out but like kind of like delegating is super important and like not doing it all yourself and uh and like you know you have a great team I have a great team and like you have to use them right like and like sometimes I almost do like the the trick where I'm not the trick but like I'm like, ah, it's kind of like, I, you know, I'd rather, I'll do it like so they can leave early. And sometimes it's like, well, they're still like, I'm, they're there till five. Like just ask them to do it so you're not stuck late. It's one of those things where like, yeah. I'm constantly like learning that, like learning how to delegate and like and, I'm doing it more, you know? But yeah, it's, it's exactly that thing of like, and I, it's the same thing I have to remember. Like if I ask someone to stay an hour late to finish something that I can't get to, they'll stay an hour, finish and go home. 
Whereas I'll go home and be on and off emails or yeah, thinking, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a different schedule completely, or, you know, right. we start early, whatever it is. So I think that's such an important point of remembering, like, you know, they might be able to do it and then shut off work for the night where I think, you know, when you're so invested and not that you have to always be this invested, but I think right. it's real to say we are, we don't just shut off that way. Like, okay, it's 6 p.m. All done, you know? So, right. and, it's, and it's ultimately in like the best interest of our staff that we do delegate. A, yeah. so like we are better equipped to kind of yeah. keep growing the business on our end and that they're better equipped to grow the business on their end. And that, and like, I'm a strong believer in like letting people lead and, uh, yeah, and like too. to do that, you have to delegate, right? So yeah. ultimately like you have to just let go of stuff. And like, yeah. it's hard when it's like your baby, right? And like yeah. you started, you have an idea of how things need to go and like, again still like learning this and like yeah i'm sure like my manager aaron is gonna listen to this and be like yeah like you need to do more of that but like <laughs> why'd you go of- on that podcast a lie <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so it's like one of those things where like you're constantly just checking yourself yeah. and being like like just let people lead right like let yeah. people just kind of like you do and succeed or do and fail and learn from it like just yeah. like right like and it's one of those things you can take calculated risk like obviously you're not going to let a new employee like take over the books but like there's <laughs> certain things that like you know, you that. yeah like, yeah yeah for sure i feel like we're way over our time so um is there anything like you want to promote or talk about for the biz ways people can shop that is yeah, just for good sure. to get out so, yeah. i mean um well first of all thank you so much for for having me it's been a blast oh yeah and, of uh, course of yeah, course hopefully hopefully uh <laughs> hopefully we talked about stuff that was interesting to folks uh <laughs> but uh yeah for our business if you want for our coffee definitely little joe berries carries us yes. 20 different locations across uh, the province and then a lot of those are in Ottawa carry us so lots of different options you can go on our website and uh, there's a map of of our retailers and also you can just shop online and we do kind of local delivery and free Canada-wide delivery and all that kind of good and stuff and delivery to did you just expand it like Ottawa Gatineau yeah so or, we do all yeah. Ottawa Gatineau it's either free over 60 or seven buck flat fee yeah. uh, it's like usually same day so it's pretty sweet yeah. um and yeah so lots of different ways to try our coffee and uh, we'd love for you to try. We have about 18 different kinds of coffee. We have a little coffee quiz on our website if you want to try and figure out which <laughs> quiz is going to be. Uh, which that's so gonna be the, yeah, that's one of those little things that your staff is like, we don't need this. And then you're just like yeah, toying 100%. away. Yeah. yeah. Or like, or like, or like, I'll be up at like 3 a.m. updating it. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Like, why am I doing this to myself? You're like, this is but, who I am, I guess. Yeah. But now for this moment, that's why I do it. So, uh, yeah. So there's lots of different ways to try our coffee. And we would love for you to try it and if you ever have questions you can reach out to our uh dms in our insta or in our uh you can even email me if you have questions about coffee or about our mission and uh yeah this has uh been awesome and we're just super stoked to have uh, been able to share what we do all right well that's all the questions i have but thank you so much uh appreciate your time thanks joe it's been awesome okay have a good night you too it's 2023 and we're back Oh my god. Feels like no time has gone by. Yeah, you were like we already have to record again. <laughs> and I was like, you mean Which sounds so negative. <laughs> yeah, I mean we love the pod, but yeah. we hate the work. But I could have sworn we just did an episode. So our last episode came out the first day of break and then this will come out after our first week back at work. Mm. And I thought um 
what are, uh, after this little repose and going back, what are some of your favorite things about being back at work? What are my favorite things about being back at work? If anything. <laughs> my commute. I can tell you my favorite thing about being back at work. What is it? Free latte. That is true. That is good. I do miss like the habitual like, well, I mean, I guess I'll have two shots of espresso. Free latte every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like our home coffee, it's funny that this is a podcast about coffee because mm-hmm. Artery is my guest. But um, but like what roast are you into? <laughs> no, just like my home brewing method is very medium. Yeah. We make medium quality at home. Yeah, I feel like it's that stereotypical thing like most coffee, sh- well, maybe not most, but coffee shop workers are like, I don't know how to brew a single cup of coffee. I could <laughs> brew you 60, though. I can make lattes for a 30-minute rush. Uh, I could brew, brew yeah. a specialty pot for one. Yeah. But I can't do a French press. How do you do a French? Like, how many <laughs> grinds do you actually put in a French press? How many tablespoons? And we're both the kind of people who are like, we'll just take whatever bits and bob ends of coffee there is. Like, I was mixing Isere with freaking starbucks caramel macchiato doing a blend like you know what i mean like it's just it's just like yeah and sometimes i go to like my friend ames has like a really sweet coffee setup they have like a grinder and and they tamp and everything at home Mm -hmm. and i feel like maybe we should get that maybe like we don't even have a good kettle that's true like like what i remember the last coffee shop i was working at and we were learning they were like trying to implement pour over yeah and i feel like for some reason i got really into pour over but then i was like well i can't afford the 250 dollar kettle so what's the point <laughs> yeah because we have like the og style you just boil, boil water. water yeah <laughs> classic um but uh when i was at my friends they have uh like a, a kettle but it's one where you like on a dial you set the temp depending mm. on if you're having tea or coffee or whatever and it just boils to a certain temperature mm-hmm. it's very fancy and it keeps it at that temperature essentially yeah and i think it's a very expensive accoutrement mm. um but one of my other friends was like oh, i'm thinking about getting that kettle and then my other friend was like yeah it's really good and then my head was like, like me too you guys don't boil water on the stove to make yeah. stuff <laughs> <laughs> you don't go out back to the watering hole and they're like <laughs> boil the water for the day I feel like because I spend so much time in a kitchen, like I just had a snack. I crushed up Mr. Noodles and ate them like we used to in elementary. I think all my taste profiles are basic, 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 no work, Mm. you know? So the best thing is free coffee, Mm -hmm. professionally made, yeah, in good equipment, good beans. What's the worst part about being back at work? The customer. <laughs> no, JK. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. JK. Everyone's really nice. We have nice. the nicest customers. Yeah, we everyone has been that. like, how was your break? Everyone is so deeply concerned about us getting enough rest and if grandpa's okay. So yeah. that's not real. Mm-hmm. The worst part is waking up. Without Folgers in your cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like my first day, well, I've been having a really wild week because Grandpa is like out of his sleeping pattern, so he can't sleep at night, so I don't sleep at night. But my first uh, <laughs> my first night back, I like 
let my alarm go and then reset it for like two hours later. Mm-hmm. It's like my first day back at work. The shop was going to open and I strolled in at like almost 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And yesterday, my alarm didn't even go off. Oh my God. Yeah. You didn't even show up at work. I showed up five minutes before my shift. I didn't even notice how late you were and I checked my phone. Or sorry. 15 minutes 15 late. minutes late. Yeah. And I got a text from you that was like, I have my alarm. And I couldn't be mad because I showed up two hours late the other day. Oh my God. The difference is I don't get in trouble. Yeah. I no, always I, get in trouble. I'm still not in my sleep pattern. When we were on break, we would stay up to like one or two in the morning. Yeah. Just putting around the house, watching shows. And like that's still happening for me, but I'm just well, getting less sleep. It's happening for me too because grandpa. Yeah. But I don't want it to be happening. But you're just sitting in bed being like... With your eyes open. Being like, find like, a will spot. I sleep? Just lay down. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to get a king size bed. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> you gave me a look like you thought maybe that was, I don't need it, but I think I do need it. <laughs> well, I think it. you need it. It's just, I was like, is that the reason? <laughs> well, um, I've been looking at mattresses and I was going to get a new queen. Mm-hmm. But if we're shopping, might as well shop. Mm-hmm. I just already can barely fit in the bed with Chugs and Grandpa. Yeah. Um, so you're going to get a California king. Oh, my God. Oh, also, me and Ray are about to move to a new house. That's what we're talking about. We're yeah. just renting, you know, the yeah. 1%. But <laughs> we have- <laughs> The housing market. What's the, housing the deal? Market. I think that's what we're talking about. Coffee setup and mattresses. Yeah. We're excited to get um, settled. So like having we- intentional space. What is, outside of a personal life, what is the worst part of being back at work for you then? For me? Because mine is sleeping in, but what's for you? Is it sleeping in also? You know what? It's not necessarily sleeping in because my schedule, because my shift starts a little, Cause it definitely my, starts, because my... um, actually, um, <laughs> you know, I really like to, uh, <laughs> does this sound exactly like Elmo? No. Uh, I was thinking that uh, maybe um, I go numb. Um, you know, I mean, uh, that's exactly elmo but ray always tells me it sounds nothing like elmo no not just ray sarah and amy also tell you it doesn't sound can like you do elmo. Your, can you do your no, cookie monster it's not. fine absolutely just try not. just try absolutely not me want cookie <laughs> <laughs> anyways what's the worst part about being back at work um it's, it's the thing about me is because my shift doesn't necessarily start as early as yours. So I still kind of wake up around the normal time that I would. Yeah. But I find I'll just, like, I wake up at 8.30. Drank. Drank. And then, um, but I'll just sleep an extra hour just because I'm like, well, I have to go to work in two hours. So Ugh. I should just get another hour of sleep. Yeah. But the thing I hate the most is just the idea of not just being able to wake up at 9.30 mm-hmm. and then I have my morning. Yeah, I, I, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like, when, even when I used to work early, I used to, like, wake up, do my makeup, have a whole little schedule. Mm-hmm. Now I literally wake up, and I just put leggings on, and then I, in the sweater I slept in, walk to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any, I think it's so much what you're saying, I don't have any morning routine mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I love a slow morning. Me too. And I keep thinking I'll get it back, but I think I'm at the point where if I get it back, I have to wake up at like 4 a.m. or something. Yeah, I went through a phase of that where I was like, you know, it's that, what's that thing where you're like, 
They're like, 10 steps to becoming famous. And someone was like, getting up at 4 (laughs) a.m. Writing down your intentions for the day. (laughs) But part of me was like, imagine waking up at 4 a.m. and having like, like normally I would wake up at 8.30 or 9.30, but just having four or five extra hours in the day. Well, I usually wake up early like that and I can tell you it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm one of those people who I'm up so early I do get those extra hours, but I haven't become a happier person doing that. No. Like, I feel like if I woke up at that early, it just would mean I take a nap during the day. So, like, am yeah. I gaining the time? Well, that's like whenever I do wake up early like that. Like, that's why I'm someone who, not this week, but generally I can fall asleep at like 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like living with me. There's some nights I'm like, it's 7.45, I'm going to bed. And I, okay. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, I wake up early, but it, you have to sleep. Like, you have to make up the time somewhere. You have to sleep. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. Like, I minimum have to go to bed at midnight. Yeah. That's as early as you go to bed because you want your <laughs> unwinding time. It's just the thing about being awake at from midnight to 2 a.m. Mm. It's that no one has No one will talk I to know, you. you say that no one will reach out. No yeah, one has access I'm to me. I'm definitely at the point in my life where when I get a text, I roll my eyes. Yeah. Like, who? I feel like I used to be a very good texter. And then when I used to manage another location and gave away too much access to myself, yeah. to my staff at the time, I somehow just hated texting. And now I'm a very bad texter. Like, I'll just, I'll ghost people. And then be like, yeah. sorry, I didn't get to you. Yeah, I feel the same way because you text me so much when you're at work. Well, listen, <laughs> I need to know. Be lucky that it's not me plus 15 other people. Well, I think at the same time you and Vanessa were texting me questions today. Well. So. So? I guess I have to block both of your numbers. Do it. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're going to keep it short because we, it's an extra long episode. Um, because Will can really gossip. It's pretty gossipy. I was like, should we cut out some of this smack talk? I think I heard, like, because the podcast room is right next to my room, so I heard, like, your side of the conversation. And I think at one point you were like, uh, I have actual questions to ask you, but I don't think we're going to get to those. No, because he's so funny and charming. And we were just, like, slamming all the local roasters so hard. (laughs) Classic. Coffee. Coffee. I just love to get on one about coffee bros. You know me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was like impossible for me as like a feminized person trying to open a coffee shop. I mean, yeah, it's just like, did you ever try having your coffee without milk in it? That's like, we talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Ray, any final thoughts? <sighs> um... Have a have a good week. I can buy myself flowers. <laughs> Heck yes. You made it to the end of another episode of Business Baby. Big thank you to our season-long sponsor, Veg Ottawa. And don't forget, we have a new episode coming out every second Monday. So stay tuned for that. And if you like this podcast, well, rate, subscribe, review whatever okay have a great week Bye bye now who am i i'm kelly kapoor the business bitch